So thanks for tuning in to uh, Doc's Sportscast again this morning. So uh, it's exciting, exciting news. Uh, we have the NBA, State Farm NBA play-in tournament um, finally locked into place. And I know we've been uh, been excited to get these results and figure out who was going to shuffle where. It was definitely an interesting night in the NBA. You know, the Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Lakers were kind of playing their way to see who would be in the play-in tournament. Everybody else was kind of locked into that play-in tournament. Yeah, the seedings and things could have changed, and, and they did a little bit, but the main focus was Portland and Los Angeles. Now, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, you know LeBron James was not a very big fan of this play-in tournament, which he now is destined to play in. Um it is something that's very interesting. You know, they are going up against the Golden State Warriors. We'll jump into some previews and things like that. We'll ju- we'll talk a little bit about the matchups here in a bit. But if they win, um, they will only play one game and they'll go straight into the seventh seed uh, in the West, right? So then he would only play one more game. But I think LeBron. Again, we talked about it before. Was a little scared. I think he's scared to play more games. Um, you know, he's definitely showing a lot of wear and tear, a lot more wear and tear than, like, you know, Michael Jordan had showed at this age. So uh, because of the wear and tear that he's taking uh, on his body uh, for various reasons, you know, there's definitely some issues there when it comes to him having to play even one more game. Now, it does seem to be a bit whiny and complaining when when you're complaining about one or two more games. Like, he didn't even play a full season this year. So uh, it, it's interesting for sure. But the interest, the main concept of this was Portland – came out and was destroying the Denver Nuggets, okay? Los Angeles Lakers were coming out and playing New Orleans. Um, definitely a team you should go out there and and beat pretty handedly. Um, they did not. It was a very close game all the way through three quarters, and then it kind of expanded in the fourth. Um, but Anthony Davis, at, at least from what I can see, did not play in the fourth quarter. Um, LeBron James, I believe, uh, left with like six minutes or something left in the fourth quarter. And the game was only won, um, game was only won by, I want to say 12 points, uh, maybe 18. But anyway, it was not a huge, huge winning margin when those two had left the game. Uh, so very interesting for sure that they pulled those guys out and rested them. I really think it was a coaching decision because they were watching what Portland was doing and they were realizing, wow, Portland's going to win. doesn't matter what we do here. Let's pull our guys. Um, so interesting concept. I think it's a good move by them uh, to pull their guys and, and get them some rest in, in any capacity uh, to get ready because obviously LeBron's not really feeling like he can handle this playoffs anyway since he was complaining about having to play possibly two extra games. So we will see how it goes in the upcoming days. But now, Let's get into it, guys. We're right into the NBA play-in tournament. This is the first ever NBA play-in tournament, and I love the concept. This was brought on by the bubble last year. Uh, seeing a team like Phoenix make the run they did in the bubble and still not get a chance, uh, I, I love, 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 love what they're doing here. I really do. I think it's a great concept. It's giving some teams some extra games, <clears throat> giving some extra TV revenue, uh, extra ticket sales revenue, extra merchandise revenue. I love it. I think it's great uh, for the NBA, especially in a year that, you know, it's been challenged, you know, by the pandemic. So anything they can do to bring some more excitement and suspense, I think is definitely warranted. And we talked about that on our last podcast. If you guys get a chance, go back, listen to that. We talk a little bit more in depth about it. But let's get to the matchups, right? So we're going to start out in that Western Conference because the Western Conference is... 
the insanely, ridiculously uh, tough conference. Now, I know that the Western Conference has been like insanely good all year, and everybody's talked about how great they are. However, there is a big transparency, or there is a big disparity once you get from a certain level in the West down to the bottom level of the West, right? And that goes where basically that nine seed is. So basically, once you're the nine seed, where the Memphis Grizzlies are, there's a big drop off, right? There's a five game drop off to the next team, which is the San Antonio Spurs. And then it kind of keeps declining from there. So your really upper level teams of the West, it is really stacked from nine to one. Okay. San Antonio, I just don't think they have it. Uh, they are the 10 seed playing the nine seed Memphis Grizzlies. And I really don't see San Antonio having it. Uh, they, they have a great team. They mesh well together. They play well together. Um, that's why they made it in this play-in tournament. And that's because Greg Popovich is coaching. You know, you cannot underestimate coaching. So he did a great job with these young kids. And granted, they will continue to get better and better. As the year go, as the years go on, he will do a great job with them if he continues to coach. Um, but I don't see them having enough firepower to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Jonas Valanciunas is playing amazing basketball. Uh, the guy just gets better with age. He's like a fine wine. Then you've got Ja Morant, who is getting better and better every year. He's seasoning up his game quite a bit. Instead of just that flashy athletic dunker, now he's got a better jump shot. He's able to make some uh, playmaking abilities for his teammates and things like that. And he's got chemistry flowing throughout that lineup. So really like what they are doing there. Uh, in Memphis. So I do see Memphis taking out San Antonio um, and going on to be the winner of the 9-10. Now in the battle of the 7-8, that is the Los Angeles Lakers who we talked about already against the Golden State Warriors. Now the interesting thing is guys, if you watch the last few games with the Lakers, they played to the level of their opponents. They 100% played to the level of their opponents. They were not coming out there like a championship team. They were not coming out there just saying, hey, we're going to thump you, right? We're going to come out here, and we're just going to thump you tonight, right? They did not do that. They might have had that mentality, but it did not happen. And, yeah, everyone's going to say, oh, LeBron was hurt, and then Davis is playing hurt. You know, Schroeder just came back from injury. Okay, I get it. Those are excuses. But at the same time, if it's a championship round and you're going into the championship right now, Excuses don't matter. It's what you do on the court, okay? So I'm not going to listen to a lot of those excuses. A lot of times, this is how I am. And the fact of the matter is that you have a team that is playing to the level of their opponents. And if you look at them defensively, New Orleans Pelicans, who didn't even play a lot of their starters, Zion Williams did not play. Brandon Ingram did not play. Lonzo Ball did not play. All of those guys who did not play, who were legitimate starters for them, and their top three talents on that team did not play. And they still were close with the Lakers through three quarters. And it only expanded into the fourth, right? So to me, that is telling me, I don't know if they can just turn it on. I don't know if they have the gas to just turn it on anymore. And that was the thing that, you know, you always kind of relied on LeBron James to do. Everybody talked about it, how, oh, it's just a switch. He's going to turn it on. And here we go. Here's playoff LeBron. I don't think we're going to see that now, guys. I really don't. I don't think it's there. If it was, we would have saw it to get into the playoffs, and we didn't see that. You know, we didn't see him come back a little bit earlier. If he come back one game earlier, you know, they would be in the playoffs right now instead of in the play-in tournament. So um, it's interesting to see uh, this matchup. The Golden State Warriors have been clicking, 
and really playing well down the stretch. I think that their team has a lot of good chemistry now, and Steph Curry is playing some amazing ball. Okay, For the matchups, it's going to be very, very tough because Golden State Warriors is a leaner team. They do not have a lot of big guys in their lineup. That could definitely hurt them. Draymond Green doesn't have the size for Anthony Davis. Yes, he's an amazing defender, and yes, he could give him some trouble, but Anthony Davis will be able to get that pull-up game going. So that's something that I see being a big problem. LeBron could probably be checked by a few people. You know, Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, could could check him, and they got a couple other guys that could come in and, and give him some problems. Um, but on defense, I don't think that there's an answer for some of the Golden State Warriors guys either. So I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I think Steph's going to come out, play lights out. Um, we will see what his teammates can do. <clears throat> but ultimately, I do think the Lakers squeak this one out. Um, they should have the energy to get this going and uh, be able to win, go into the playoffs as the number seven seed. After that, the Golden State Warriors will then move into playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, these are my predictions, but the winner of the 9-10. The Golden State Warriors would go on to play the Memphis Grizzlies. I really think that that matchup is so much better for Golden State. And that's mainly because Steph Curry is a lot more seasoned of a veteran to John Morant. I think that he's going to get his team going. I think they've got a lot better role players than what the Memphis Grizzlies have around them right now. Memphis Grizzlies are fairly young, and I think that could hurt them. Andrew Wiggins is now basically a veteran. Steph Curry is a veteran. Draymond Green is a veteran. I think those vets go out there and they get that win. So I think they go into it as the eighth seed. Okay. That's my prediction over in the West. So Lakers would play the number two seed Phoenix and Golden State would play the number one seed Utah Jazz. Next up, moving over to the Eastern Conference. Okay. Guys, the Eastern Conference, here's the thing with the Eastern Conference. Everybody talked about how, you know, the West is stacked, the West is stacked. Guys, the East is very, very good as well. And I think we found that out last year when the Miami Heat gave the Los Angeles Lakers all they could handle in the NBA Finals, right? Jimmy Butler has got his guys going, and he's brought that tough mentality to the east so it is it is not the finesse putting up 120 points you know rodeo show out there in the west it is not that in the east in the east it is tough it is tough city ball it, it is beating and banging and it, and it is getting those and ones and playing tough defense and we're going to smother you and that is exactly what i'm seeing we're seeing that from the miami heat we're seeing it from uh Philadelphia has definitely picked up their physical intensity. The New York Knicks are playing great team chemistry basketball. Okay? And Milwaukee has still has a lot to prove from last year being the number one seed and getting beaten the way they did. And Brooklyn is getting healthy. Finally. Brooklyn's possibly going to be healthy going into the playoffs, guys. It's a scary East. It's a scary East. And if I'm the Western Conference, I wouldn't just say, oh, if I come out the West, I got this. Because the East is going to have something to say about that. So let's jump right into the play-in tournament for the Eastern Conference. So the Eastern Conference has the 9-10 and 10 game being Indiana Pacers 
<clears throat> against the Charlotte Hornets, right? Now, Indiana Pacers are led by Karis LeVert, who, personally, I am a big fan of Karis LeVert. I think he's a really great player. I think with the right coaching, I think he's going to continue to develop and be a very, very solid player. He could be your number one option and you still be a contending team. Right now, I think he was missing a lot of his guys down the stretch. Malcolm Brogdon's been hurt. Uh, Dante Sabonis has been hurt. And those are two premium guys. And if they get those back, which I think they're supposed to be coming back, I think they are, if Brogdon and Sabonis play. I think Charlotte is not going to be able to keep up with these guys, right? Now, Charlotte is great. Don't get me wrong. I think everybody's excited to see a post-game with the rookie, LaMelo Ball, right? Who I'm not all that big a fan of, and I can get into that later. But here's the other thing outside of that, outside of LaMelo Ball. They've got a lot of good talent. They've got Gordon Hayward and things like that. I think Gordon Hayward's still hurt, and their bigs definitely are rough around the edges. So... Dante Sabonis has a size advantage. I think he's going to have a rebounding advantage. I think he's going to go ham on these guys. So if Sabonis goes nuts, there you go. Karis LeVert, I don't think they have someone who can legitimately keep up with Karis LeVert throughout the entire game because he just keeps attacking, guys. He really does. He's an aggressive player, and that's what I like to see out there. So I think Indiana, if Malcolm Brogdon, Dante Sabonis plays, I think they're going to win. Okay, so boom, moving them into the winner's bracket there. And then in the 7th and 8th matchup, you have the Boston Celtics, which, very surprising that they ended up here. But Jalen Brown, for those of you who didn't realize, I, I saw it coming. Did anyone see the signs? I saw the signs. Jalen Brown is the heart and soul of that team, guys. Everybody wants to sit and say, oh, you know, Marcus Smart's that tough, gritty guy they got. No, he's not. He's not. Jalen Brown is that guy. Yeah, Marcus Smart gives them a boost off the bench. And that's fine. But Jalen Brown is a tough, gritty player. He's a guy who's got a heart and soul for that team. And I think they they really could have had a chance to be an amazing team this year if he hadn't went down. So it's sad. It's sad that he went down. Kimball Walker's been in and out this year. So they ended up in the play-in tournament, which I think is disappointing for them and their fans, definitely. And without Jalen Brown, it's going to be tough, guys. Now, on the other side, Washington Wizards... You know, a lot of hype with Russ Westbrook coming into town, right? We did a previous podcast talking about Russell Westbrook and why you can't call him a bad teammate. Go back and watch that. It's got some definitely entertaining old news in there about some guys who were bad teammates and some of the things they did. So check that out. I think it's number two episode on our podcast. But all that hype hasn't really led into much. They barely made it in to the... They, they would have made it into the playoffs... But barely. They would have made it in based on the tiebreaker standings. Same record as the Indiana Pacers. So, it was definitely a disappointing season. You know, Russ Westbrook was out quite a bit, which he tends to be the way he plays. Um, Bradley Beal was out as well. And so, because of that, you got a bunch of guys who um, are really trying to develop around them. Rui Hachimura, who I love. I think he can do really well, but he doesn't have anyone really developing him. They need to bring in someone who knows how to develop him. Because uh, he's got some talent um, and athletic ability there. Outside of that, what do you got? You don't got all that much. So I think, you know, yeah, there is star power. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, that is star power. That is scoring power. But I don't think defensively they're going to be able to do what you need to do against a team like Boston. Right? Even without Jalen Brown. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. 
And Russell Westbrook, at some point, he's going to run out of gas. He always does because of the way he plays. And when he does, Boston's going to end up beating them in the four quarters. So I got Boston moving forward as the winner into the seventh seed up against Brooklyn, right? That's going to be a crazy matchup. But looking at it now, based on my predictions, you've got the Washington Wizards, loser of the 7-8, up against the winner of the 9-10. That is the Indiana Pacers. Now, again, this is based off Malcolm Brogdon and Dante Sabonis coming back and playing healthy. Dante Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon is back. They're playing healthy. And they get in there, and they're playing against Washington. Here's the challenge I have with Washington, guys. Who's their center? Who's their center? Who's an actual outright center that they have? They don't have one. They don't have one, guys. They had Mo Wagner. They let him go. So because they got rid of him, I don't think they have a guy who's a big enough body inside to mess up Dante Sabonis. I think he would take Rui Hachimura to town. So... I worry about that matchup. Then you look at the guards, right? And this is Washington's strength, right? It's the guard play. But Russell Westbrook has some challenges on defense. He does. He brings it, and he's intense. But he will make some mistakes. So when he does, uh-oh. That's all I got to say. Uh-oh. Got to watch out for that. Because he makes a mistake, and the other team gets easy buckets. Because he gets intense. He gets in his own head sometimes. So, anyway, focusing on the matchups. Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, up against Bradley Beal, and Russell Westbrook. Now, from a pure on-paper standpoint, that matchup looks pretty good, but it's definitely in favor of the Washington Wizards. <clears throat> now, the challenge is that on the offensive end for both teams, I give credit to both of them. I think they both will outmatch the other one. But I think Washington will outmatch Indiana's guards that much more. So that's where I think this is coming into play, guys. So I think Washington will end up outscoring them from a guard standpoint, from a perimeter scoring standpoint. That's where it's going to be. However, Indiana's got that inside play. Indiana's going to have consistent rebounding. Indiana's going to have some solid interior defense with Dante Sabonis in there. Because of that, I think you got to reconsider some things here. I really think the Indiana Pacers, again, with Malcolm Brogdon and Dante Sabonis back healthy, they would beat the Washington Wizards. And the Washington Wizards would not make the playoffs with Russell Westbrook on their team. So, back into my predictions here. That would put the Boston Celtics playing against the Brooklyn Nets. And that would put the Indiana Pacers playing up against the Philadelphia 76ers okay so that is my predictions from the play-in tournament now here's the way this is gonna go guys just to give you an update on Tuesday so tomorrow at 630 TNT that's gonna be Indiana versus Charlotte all right nine o'clock or yeah six six thirty for that game and then nine o'clock is going to be boston versus washington on tnt okay two really good games check them out i think they're going to be close ones and depending on who's healthy on both sides uh, uh both of those games it's going to dictate the outcome western conference we're waiting until wednesday right 
I think the NBA wanted to give LeBron as much rest as possible, right? I think that's what we're seeing here. So LeBron gets some rest, gets to wait until Wednesday to come out and uh, try and take down the Golden State Warriors. So I think Memphis and San Antonio, they play at 7.30 on ESPN. Obviously, this is West Coast, so it's West Coast time. So we're looking at a little bit later of a game there. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're going to have Memphis and San Antonio playing uh, 7.30. Game 4 uh, is going to be <clears throat> of the play-in tournament. Game 4 of the play-in tournament is going to be Lakers-Golden State Warriors at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. Okay, so ESPN gets the Wednesday games in the of the Western Conference. Eastern Conference goes to TNT. Uh, so, yeah, check those out. Uh, Thursday, the 20th, will be the East winner of Game 1 versus the loser of Game 2. Okay, and that's going to be 8 o'clock on TNT. And the West <clears throat> winner of Game 3 versus the loser of Game 4. The time has not been determined yet. So stay tuned for that. But that is going to be on ESPN. Okay. So, very interesting. I am super excited about the concept of this play-in tournament. I hope there is a lot of drama. I hope that these are tight, <clears throat> close games, and everything goes well uh, for these teams because they they definitely deserve the chance to um, definitely deserve, deserve the chance to get to play into these playoffs. And I'm just excited that you know essentially four extra teams are getting a chance now that they never would have had before, and that's a very exciting thing for me. Okay, very exciting thing for me. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you guys a little bit. Uh, if you didn't get to listen to <clears throat> Friday's kind of bonus episode, we did an episode <clears throat> talking about Tim Tebow and his introduction to the NFL. We talked about uh, LeBron James and his complaints and kind of talking a little bit about the structure of the play-in tournament for the NBA. Now, it's... It's good, um, it's good to see the play-in tournament for all, all real purposes. It's really good to see that, and I think there's a lot of hype right now about it. So, so very exciting. But looking back into the NFL, we're not going to talk about the Tim Tebow thing, but we are going to give a little bit more updates here. So, with Deshaun Watson, things are just really interesting right now. Okay, we're going to update you a little bit on just some news. Deshaun Watson has had 22 um, allegations filed against him uh, by 22 various women. And the thing is that right now, even their law firm they're going through is going back and forth on what they want to do. Okay? There are people there saying that or re have reached out via text, via, via physical messages saying, hey, we want to work things out. We want to come to a settlement somehow, right? Then you've got the other side of this where you've got the 22 allegations up against him, but the head person, Busby, who runs the law firm and filed all the suits, he's saying, no, no one's ever said that. I'm the only one who has that authority. So it's very interesting here. It doesn't seem like there's really a united front, um, and that could definitely cause some problems out there um, during this whole issue. Um, the other thing was Busby doesn't, he doesn't know how he feels about letting NFL investigators continue to work with his, um, with his clients, um, and try and figure out the truth. Uh, here's the thing guys, like 
it's a female who's heading up that investigation for the NFL. So if they're being disrespected, I don't think it's something. Uh, I don't think it's so much disrespect. It feels somewhat like the. It, it feels somewhat like these women are being pressed in the interviews with the NFL. Like they're really trying to get the bottom of this, and it's making them uncomfortable. And that's the thing, guys. I understand it both ways. I, I don't know how this is going to go. It seems shady on both sides right now. Hopefully some clarity can come from this and we can get back to just playing football with who deserves to be out there playing football. Um, but it's definitely interesting timing because the Houston Texans, that organization is just sinking into an abyss. And uh, interesting that these terms for settlement are possibly coming up now. Um, when the team's looking like it's going to be so bad. So who knows uh, what ends up happening with that. We will continue to stay uh, vigilant with the news on it. Um, but if you're following the rest of the news, um, you know, there was a little thing. Antonio Brown sued for assault and battery um, after altercation with uh, like a uh, moving truck driver or something like that. Um, that that's that's a case that's been going on for a long time, and the, the suit's finally coming back out again. I think it's a couple years old now. Um, so that's interesting to see for sure. But one of the bigger news with the rookies is, uh, and th th this I think it, it's kind of ridiculous. I like what Max Kellerman said. Um, I like what Max Kellerman said on, uh, I believe, Get Up the other day. Uh, he talked about how Urban Meyer is using um, Tim Tebow as a distraction for Trevor Lawrence. And I like that notion. However, at the same time, I still have the issues I have with my previous podcast of you're not painting a good picture to Trevor Lawrence that you're actually bringing in good help when there's other guys out there that you can bring in. So that is something that, that's still troubling to me regardless of that. But if you look at it, um, the, the thing is that Trevor Lawrence could be a really great player. And Urban Meyer just came out yesterday, I believe yesterday, maybe the day before, and has said that he wants Travis Etienne to be a gadget wide receiver type player. Guys, this is ridiculous. If Urban Meyer thinks that this is what's going to work, if he thinks that's going to work in the NFL, he needs to call Chip Kelly right now and ask Chip Kelly how his coaching career went in the NFL because Chip thought that crap would work in the NFL too, and it doesn't, guys. College is a different game. It's a different type of athlete out there. It's a different level of speed. And when you got guys out there and you're running these tricks and gadgets and all this stuff, and you can rely on good athletes to do a lot of good things out there, and it'll all work. You can do wide receiver runarounds. You can do the all the different play action gadget stuff that you want. And it'll work if you have good athletes doing it. In the NFL, everyone's a good athlete. Everyone's a good athlete, guys. So he's not going to get away with that. He's really not. So I I do worry about this. I think I think Urban Meyer is in over his head. Um, I really do. I think he's in over his head, and he doesn't understand the NFL game because he is he is having trouble for sure with um, understanding that the game has not worked that way for a reason. Okay, 
even the Wildcat offense, it only worked for so long. Like, everybody's up to it. They know how to defend it now. Like, they figure out those tricks real quick. If Urban Meyer thinks he's going to get by this season by doing that, it's going to be a long season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's for sure. So maybe again, maybe again, this is a smokescreen. This is something he's putting up there to kind of defend Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he's, maybe he's making more distractions. I don't know. But it's definitely interesting because I think he just doesn't have the understanding of the NFL game. And it's nothing wrong with him. There's plenty of great coaches. Nick Saban, one of them. That just doesn't get the pro game. But they get college, man. I think that's Urban Meyer. So we will see what happens. Um, I wish him all the best. I hope he does really well. I root for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like I, I've got some family and things down there. Uh, so I, I would like to see them do well. Um, it's it's not my team by any means, but uh, I would like to see the Jacksonville Jaguars do well in that market. So we'll see what happens. Last bit of news we'll talk about here is, <laughs> this is very interesting. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin Okay, y'all might remember old Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin was a former Carolina Panther. I believe he had a stint in Buffalo as well. Uh, he was a very, very high-rated wide receiver coming out in the NFL um, in the draft years ago. The first-round pick, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, was signed by the New York Giants. Okay. He is looking to come out of retirement, not to play wide receiver, but to play tight end, right? Now, I like this concept because the NFL tight end position has changed dramatically. You look at George Kittle, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, you look at these guys, they are, I mean, even TJ Hawkinson, these guys are big wide receivers. That is that is what they are. Call it like it is. These guys are big wide receivers. That's all they are. And they're making a huge impact out there on the field because of their abilities to come off that line and be able to catch the ball, run routes, do everything like a wide receiver does. Now, Kelvin Benjamin possesses some good wide receiver traits. He can get up the field. He was a little slow in the league, right? He didn't run some of those routes as crisp as some of the other wide receivers. He lacks some of that quickness. But if he's coming in playing in the middle, if he's coming in playing as a tight end, that could cause some matchup problems. So I think it's an interesting experiment. I like to see this. Um, hopefully it can revitalize something for him. I know there's a lot of hype for him again when he came out. First round pick. But, um, you know, we, we will see how it ends up going. There's a lot of experiments going on with guys in different positions and things like that. Obviously Tim Tebow trying to play tight end. But I think Kelvin Benjamin has a much better chance than a Tim Tebow. That's for sure. He hasn't been removed from football as long, and he played at a receiving position. So he should understand a lot of those concepts, route running, things like that, that Tim Tebow will have to get up to grasp with. So anyway, I think that's very interesting news. I'm going to keep following that for sure. Would love to see this guy be able to play at a high level in the NFL like he's always wanted. Um, you know, have him do it again 
and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the New York Giants are stacked with wide receivers right now. Um, at, at, well, receivers in general, you know, including tight ends. You know, even Evan Ingram, he's an amazing talent at tight end. So Kelvin Benjamin is not going to be the tight end one by any means, but he he could make some noise. So very exciting. Um, and with that, yeah, we'll we'll uh, in the news segment kind of here uh, today, and we'll let you guys kind of. Get back to your day. But, yeah, what do you guys think about the play-in tournament? We're super excited for it here at Doc's Sportscast. Aurora, who is the two-year-old dachshund that is the uh, on the cover art of this podcast and really the inspiration for this podcast, um, she's very excited as well. She can't wait to uh, watch all those uh, basketballs moving around on the screen because she loves chasing some balls. But, um, yeah, it's very exciting. A lot of suspense-filled stuff. Uh, excited for the next few days of games with the NBA. Kind of like a March Madness feel. So let's get hyped. Let's get excited for it, guys. And let's hope it all goes well and they continue to do this in the NBA for years to come. So with that, uh, Roar and I will sign off and let you all get back to your day. Uh, you know, you have our Facebook below. You have our email below. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe comment send us some messages let us know what we can do to make the page better more entertaining for everybody out there um, and if you did enjoy the content please send it over uh, to some of your friends and things out there as well so others can enjoy the content and we can grow the page um, and get aurora some extra treats every day here uh, she's looking a little wiry today so yeah that being said we'll let you guys get back to your day thank you and have a great one we'll talk to you on wednesday <laughs>